0: Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep. On today's episode, MDV, Gabe, and myself discuss the idea of fitness and nutrition while traveling. Now, this particular subject I think is really great with this group. MDV just got done on a one-month road trip across the country, and Gabe, about a year ago, spent an entire year in an Airstream going across the country. And so I felt like they had a ton of valuable information that I wanted to hear about. Actionable things is what we're looking for in today's podcast. I hope it helps you on the next trip that you're taking. Now, before we get into the episode, I want to remind you, leave us a rating, leave us a review, hit us up on social media, Instagram in particular, let us know what you liked, what episodes you'd like us to dive into more or subjects in particular, and we'll make sure to hit them up. Now, I hope you and your family are doing well. Let's have an incredible episode with Gabe and MDV on fitness and nutrition while traveling. Let's go. MDV just got back from uh, like a month long trip across the country uh, Gabe has traveled in a Airstream for like what a year, Gabe, was it a year that you were in an Airstream?
1: Yeah, it was like almost exactly a year, January, 2020 to January, 2021. Interesting time to be traveling through.
0: Very interesting time. And so, you know, you've been on the road for a year. MDV just got back from a road trip. And now that we're going through this EOE 40, where I've been particularly eating a more specific way, it's really, um, opened my eyes to just how important it is to have access to a kitchen. And in the past, when I would travel, I'd stay at hotels a lot. But now that I'm paying more attention to what I'm eating, it almost seems easier if I stayed at an Airbnb where I had access to a kitchen. There's more value on a kitchen now than I had 30 days ago. Now that I've been eating clean for 30 days, I've been feeling those benefits. It's hard to get that type of food when you're on the road. So I think a great conversation for today and one that I think you two would have amazing insight on is how do you maintain your fitness and your nutrition while on the road? Even if it's not as extreme as being on a one-month road trip or a year-long Airstream, I think this is a great topic. Even if you're going up for a weekend somewhere, what does that look like? So let's dive right in, guys. I think it's a great topic for people to to listen to.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting topic. I think there's a lot of different layers to this discussion. You know, Jason, for many, many years, you know, you traveled with your your whole family to many different parts of the world, and you had to maintain your your health, your fitness, your nutrition. A lot of times I know you were traveling for brands like Reebok and going and doing activations and stuff like that. You know, we both traveled for CrossFit seminar staff for many, many years being on planes and staying in hotels and, you know, obviously wanting to live and represent the culture and not letting your fitness slip too much when you're on those short little weekend trips. And then obviously we've all taken trips to different parts of the world and the country on both short-term and long-term types of timelines. And I think that it, It varies a little bit, obviously, depending on your goals, where you're going, how long the trip is, and a whole bunch of other factors. But you know, one thing that I'm going to start off right away. One thing I kind of disagree with you about a little bit is that it's hard to do this. I think I think I think it's hard if you make it hard, and I think you can overcomplicate this really, really quickly and easily. And you can simplify it really, really quickly and easily. And I actually also kind of disagree with whether or not you have a kitchen as being a main determining factor as whether or not your nutrition is easier or harder to follow as well, because I'm, I can be pretty successful on the road by making a few quick intentional stops that have nothing to do with the kitchen as long as I'm setting myself up for success and having access to the type of foods within quick reach. So I know Gabe's it, got a lot of thoughts on this. This is going to be a really interesting discussion i i mean
1: i i don't think it's impossible but i mean it's definitely tough i mean it's definitely tough fur, and you know i mean one thing that i think is, is super obvious is you know in an airport or when you're traveling on the road especially sometimes there's there's like there just isn't access to the types of foods that i would make if i did have access to prepare it myself and sure you can prepare it beforehand you can bring food but then there is that time consideration. Now I'm not saying that it's a huge time consideration. It's impossible, but I do think that it's fair to say that it's a lot tougher to really maintain the routine and things that, you know, feel good and keep you on track when you're traveling, just because, you know, like here in my kitchen, like I know exactly what I have access to. I can cook things up really quick. And that just isn't the case, whether it's in an airport or especially if you're traveling on the road. Now, can you can it be done? That I think absolutely. I don't think it's one of those things where it's hard. So you throw your hands up in the air and your trip just becomes you know time for you to loosen the reins and just go all out on whatever you can get your hands on. But I do think that it's 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 harder. Absolutely.
0: Hey Gabe, have you ever done oh. Tubbleware on an airplane before? Oh god, never.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. Gabe, re- really quickly, um, if you're trying to replicate your exact fitness and nutrition and lifestyle habits that you have when you have access to everything within your arms reach disposal at your house. Yes, I think that's going to be very, very difficult because you're in a complete, completely different set of circumstances, completely different location, access to an insane amount of different things, right? And all these other variables kind of flying at you, whether or not you have to get on an airplane, like you said, or... You know, you have to eat at the hotel or you have to eat on the road or, you know, you're with other people and you're traveling on these different timelines. Yes, super, super difficult. If you want to replicate one for one, the exact same routine, I think I was maybe a little unclear. I think that as long as you're setting your own expectations about this, that I'm going on this trip and this thing is really important to me. And let's say, Hey, I want to maintain as much of my fitness and as much as my attention to my nutrition as possible. I'm going to make it easier on myself by doing these things when I'm on the road, or not doing these things. I think that that's where it can become easier for people. So instead of thinking about, "Hey, I have to be exactly rigid and perfect to the same routines and habits that I have at home," my mindset shifts a little bit to go, "Oh, I have this other set of skills that I've learned over time to be able to access while I'm on the road." And along with those expectations, I think that it it's easier to follow as opposed to beating myself up that I'm not in the my weight room every day, or I don't have access to my kitchen every day. What I do have access to is maybe the hotel gym or my hotel floor, or maybe I can go out for a, a walk in the morning, or maybe I, I'm already thinking about which grocery store I need to go to, to prepare, to have food. You're going to be in the car for a longer amount of time. So I, I yes, it's harder if you want to replicate everything one for one, yeah. but I, I also think wait. you can get quickly wrapped up and then shoot yourself in the foot.
0: Yeah, when I hear you talk about that MDV, I think about someone who comes into the gym who's an athlete, let's just say they hurt their knee. And the first thing they think about is I have this knee issue and they're just so focused on it. But instead of being focused on what they can't do, we should be focused on what they can do. And if you think about it, if you have like a hurt ankle or a hurt knee, there's so many movements you could do that don't involve that particular joint or whatnot. But yet we tend to focus on that issue instead of focusing on everything else you can get done. I think that's a good way to look at this where it's not, it's not optimal. It's not perfect, but there's so much we could do and uh, being open-minded to that. So I, I am curious from a travel perspective when you're on the road. So yes, I did teach seminars for CrossFit for a really long time. And one thing that sticks out to me was when I would travel with Miranda every morning, Every seminar, she would have the exact same breakfast. We would always find a diner and she'd always get like this two eggs, a side of bacon and a um, English muffin with a side of peanut butter, always. And it was her way of kind of finding that consistency. And so what I'm curious is, as I've gotten kind of more travel, I started kind of embodying a few of those things. But at what point when you're on the road, I think this is a great place to start. When you're actually on the freeway, and all you have access to is these, like, convenience stores, gas stations. I mean, what do you do then? Because it's so easy just to grab a bag of chips or a Snickers bar and uh, and not eat clean. You know, I think uh,
1: gas station hard-boiled eggs were a lifesaver while we were traveling. Um, and also, like, gas station, like, fruits and vegetables and kind of those types of snacks that they do absolutely have, like even the most, you know, two horse town in the middle of nowhere gas station has like bananas and like the prepackaged hard boiled eggs. And are those ideal? Absolutely not. You know, are they like the eggs that I have here now that we have (laughs) our own chickens and we know what they eat? I've never seen a
0: have never seen a boiled egg at a gas station before. You you haven't? Never. They're,
1: They're literally in like every like Flying J or, and I guess this is like one of those things too, is that we spent a year on the road and you really do find out the gas stations to actively look for that are everywhere. And like Flying J's, Loves, like these are these big gas stations that are for truckers. So they're going to have a much more expansive, and they're everywhere if you know what to look for. And they're going to have a much more expansive like little mart. They even have showers because it's really designed for truckers that, you know, go cross country. And, you know, maybe it's specific to them, but we really, once we kind of figured that out, had a much better selection than just finding the nearest gas station. We kind of planned our trips around these because sometimes, you know, if we also had to either dump the airstream air or do something like that, those gas stations had those services. Um, but that was huge for me because I think that one thing that you can prioritize is protein wherever you are and traveling, whether you're getting something at like the salad place at the airport before you go. And protein's especially important because it's very satiating. And that tends to be important for people when they're traveling and they have access to the Snickers bar, or you're gonna be on the flight and they're gonna offer you, you know, like pretzels and all these little things that are so easy to just nibble on and might not be ideal. If you're able to have protein and, you know, in the same vein, like denser, more fiberful vegetables, um, you'll be in a better place to say no to that stuff. So that's why the eggs were such a just like important thing where because they're, they're filling. And I think that that's important if you're trying to set yourself up for success to like not be tempted for the little
2: snacks that are everywhere where you're traveling. I think something that's important for this discussion and Gabe, you kind of hinted at it a bunch of times is like, you're gonna have to access a higher level of discipline. And Miranda is a great example of this. You know, Miranda, when she was on the road for the Seminar staff, I never really worked with her, but I worked with a lot of other people who did a lot of the same things. And I do a lot of this. I do the same exact thing because it allows me to just live in this small box worth of decisions where I don't have to think about whether or not I'm going to have the pancake deluxe breakfast this morning from the fucking crack, Cracker Barrel. I know exactly that I'm going to go in, I'm going to get four eggs, I'm going to get bacon, and maybe I'm going to have a side of fruit with it. And that's going to be a wrap. That's it for me. And I think that, You know, if you're thinking about it along those lines, you know, and you go and now you extend it out into, oh, we stopped at this gas station. Now, if you're planning ahead and you're thinking about, did I eat my breakfast, did I eat my lunch, did I eat my dinner? Do you even need to have these snacks that we're talking about? Or can you just think about when's the next time I'm going to have access to a place where I can customize my meal a little bit more and do I have the discipline to say no along the road trip? To all these different stops for gas and different, um, you know, picture opportunities and stuff like that, where they have all this "quote unquote" bad food or not optimal food. I don't know whether or not you necessarily even need to think about snacks if you're able to plan bigger meals. And I think that that's something people should consider as well. Are we making this discussion about snacks more complicated than it needs to be? Do you even need to snack? What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't have the you know, the junk food at the gas station for two or three stops. And then you get to your meal at 2 PM in the afternoon, just have a little bit more of your more optimal food at that point. So I think that there's different ways we can discuss it for sure.
1: One really important lesson that I learned and, you know, we've played around with almost every type of like fasting and intermittent fasting that's out there. It's been a really fascinating thing for me to try out. And currently I'm not doing any of it actually, but you know, we've even gone as far as to do like a three day full fast. Um, And I think it it, is that just water for three days. I did just water. So there's a very big difference between the ideal type of fasting based on the science, at least that men and women should do. Um, Women have very different needs. And so it's actually not recommended for women to do like full on water fast for that long. So Ariel did, you know, some like bone broth and some fats and stuff. I did a full water fast because for men it's a lot easier um, but anyway, one of the things that I, I think you learn from those experiences is what MDV was hinting at, which is, you know, a lot of times we eat because it's our routine and because of boredom even, and it's less about actual hunger and your need. And I think that these fasting experiences really taught me that, you know, if you're going getting on a 7 a.m. flight and you're going to get to your destination at 3 You know that window isn't this like unrealistic? Like, oh my God, if I don't have something to eat while I'm there, like I'm gonna feel terrible or whatever. A lot of times we're just like, we're we're conditioned to. Well, you know, you grab a snack before you get on the flight. Like that's just the thing you do. You go grab some food. But during a busy day, even you might have a seven a.m. breakfast and not eat till three, and you wouldn't even notice. You wouldn't even bat an eye. So I think that. There's a learning that I've had at least that, you know, you'll be fine. And a lot of times we reach for snacks and we reach for food out of boredom and out of routine rather than there being this actual, like, I need food. I need this right now. And I think that that's a a powerful thing for people to keep in mind because a lot of times the necessity isn't there for you to grab something at the, uh, you know, Mart right before you get on a flight. It's just something that you feel like you have to do.
0: Well, like, you know, for me, I, I've had many of early morning flights and, you know, oftentimes what I've done, and this is just typically what I've done is like, whether you go to Starbucks or whatever in the morning, it's just really easy. You can grab a coffee and grab breakfast sandwich. And then I hold on to it and then I eat it later on the flight. I've done that before, but I think there's a lot better options than that. And so what I'm curious about is you talk about boredom on a flight. I mean, a lot of times you're bored. I mean, yeah, you could watch movies, you could do work, you could read books, but there's a lot of time for like, you know, dabbling for lack of a better term. And so if you wanted to grab something, I mean, I've done pork rinds, I've done nuts, I've done a lot of different things on the plane before. What do you guys do, you know, kind of switching it from the gas station concept to the actual airplane? You know, what type of foods do you bring on? Because it's difficult. You don't want to be that guy who's like bringing on like, I mean, like salmon and hard-boiled eggs and and like stuff that like smells up the cabin. I mean, at least not me. I'm not, I don't like being that guy. And, you know, so what kind of foods can you have on a plane where you don't feel like that guy, but
2: you're getting some type of like sensation where you don't feel like you just keep eating the whole damn time? First of all, if I'm ever sitting next to anybody on a plane who starts to take out (laughs) Tupperware and they're knocking my elbows while they're trying to like slice their, whatever they got on their plate, I'm immediately asking for my seat to be switched. I don't want any <laughs> interference. I don't. Is want to be that actually elbows. happened to you before? Cause I can I ha- see you, dude? Have you ever I- asked for your seat to change? Yes, of course no. I have. <laughs> of course, dude. People on airplanes—it's like the Lord of the Flies. All rules <laughs> go out the window when the American public gets on airplanes. People's shoes come off. They put their feet up on the back of your seat. You know, their their elbows are interfering into <laughs> your side of the seat. Dude, I had this one lady on a flight recently to Phoenix. She she kept, she was not a big lady, but she kept pushing her elbows across both armrests and she was in the middle and I was in the window seat. And I was like, Hey, I, I'm happy to share the armrest with you. But like, can you not bump into me the entire time? Because you know, it's just, anno- it's just a little annoying. And she got so mad at me. She was like, are you really going to make a big deal out of this? I was like, yeah, I don't want to be touching you the whole flight. Just like, I don't think you want to be touching me the whole flight. Anyway, completely different hey how about that one fantastic. guy
0: remember that one guy we were on our way was that oh, the one where you man. took a video was it you that took a video of that guy with his uh yeah just that bike? was
2: disgusting. that that he was a gross human being man that guy was <laughs> he was picking his nose for hours and then eating it and then he was also super super rude to the to the um to the staff on the plane he was that guy was a train wreck um I'm actually more, you know, getting back on topic here. I'm actually more in Gabe's camp when it comes to this. Very, very rarely do I ever eat on flights. And uh, I think one of the only flights that I've eaten on in recent memory is the flight that we had from SFO to Singapore. And the the it was a 16, 19-hour flight. The food was actually pretty good. And I also prepared ahead of time and brought additional food with me because I knew that that stretch of time, although I could fast for it, I didn't really necessarily want to be without food that entire time. I'm also not the greatest flyer sometimes when turbulence goes down. So, you know, I wanted to have a little comfort food with me on that one, but generally on flights, I I don't necessarily eat. I I drink coffee and I drink water. And if I can have an opportunity to have a meal before, uh, if it's like a later in the day flight, I will. But if it's an early morning flight, I won't eat. And then I'll wait until I get my, to my destination. If I had to pick something from one of those, um, like Hudson News or some of the stops in the airport. Uh, like I already said, I like to have a water bottle with me, so I usually grab one of those. And then oftentimes within those, they have the little like Nature's whatever uh, nuts or trail mix that you can grab. That's very yep. easy to access. And How about kinda, with the M
0: and M's in it? Is that okay?
2: I don't eat the one with the M and M's in it. Although <laughs> I M&M's like that are, one. M and M's are delicious. I know you do. Um, and then the other thing, sometimes those um, those convenience places have access to more types of bar nutrition quote unquote bars than they had in the past so you know if you are somebody who's worrying about a protein number who might not necessarily want any of the other protein options that are available like you don't want to go to you know chick-fil-a and grab chicken fingers before you're getting on your flight I'm just citing an example you can pick up it's not optimal but you know quest bars or things like that and and have access to those so i don't usually typically but that's where i would go if i had to
0: You know, one thing you brought up, I just thought I'd touch on it real quickly is the hydration component. So something I find, especially when I travel is that it is difficult to like, there's sometimes where I've been on planes and especially when you're traveling, uh, you know, overseas and when you don't hydrate effectively after being at, you know, altitude for a long period of time, I've actually felt pretty poor, uh, when I travel, if I'm not hydrating, like over the top hydration. And so something that's helped me is, um, I'll bring like a big Yeti bottle with me and at most of these airports, they have fill stations. And so what you could do is obviously as you go through security, you could have it be empty. You fill it up. And then basically your goal for the, the flight is to at least finish that. And then you can get water from the, from the flight attendant. You can go ahead and fill it up some more. But that's been helpful for me. Shout out to Yeti to making the best bottles on the planet. But um, that in itself, always having a bottle there with me has been helpful to keep my hydration on point. So just wanted to highlight that.
1: We've never, we've never brought like a Tupperware, full meals, anything smelly on flights, but we have brought um, like sugar snap peas and cold cuts, kind of stuff like that. Yeah, uh, oranges. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff That's like okay. that has definitely been. And again, what we've always tried to focus on and what I feel works is focusing on protein and fiber so that, you know, you're just not hungry because I mean, I love snacks. Like I, 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 they're not even good, but I love the pretzels that they hang out, hand out, and like the little biscuit cookies. And for me, for me not to have them, I do want to feel like I have something that is filling. And again, that's just me acknowledging the fact that like when the stewardess hands me that thing, I'm like, man, you know, and it's gotten easier over the years to just like, yeah, don't need that and be perfectly okay. But, you know, it, it, if, having something with you is going to make that easier by all means. And I think that, you know, finding whether it's baby carrots or something that is obviously good, um, but going to be satiating and also like kind of scratch that itch of like, you can go through a bag of sugar snap peas. It's crunchy. You can kind of like snack on it the whole time. It gives you that like you know, snacking feel of, obviously it's not a bag of chips, but there's something to be said about wanting to just like, you know, not eat something in 10, 15 minutes and then like not do anything for the rest of the flight, but really have something to snack on. Like if that's something that will make it easier for you to say no to the more tempting options, then I think that those kind of options are good ones.
0: Well, how about if you're in a hotel? So
2: go ahead. and Just really yeah. quickly before we get off the airplane subject. So If how pathetic is it that on air uh, on flights that if even if it's a thirty minute flight or an hour flight that they have to hand out a fucking snack to the people who are on this plane like how the biscuits yeah biscuits isn't that crazy (laughs) I think generally first of all this this is just my rule I never ever eat anything that they hand out unless they have like just the pure nut option the peanut option or the nut mix and maybe I'll grab those because you know I'll toss it in my bag and eat it at some point. But if you're below the age, if you're above the age of ten and you're taking the biscuits and you're opening it up furiously and shoving them down your throat, like what the fuck are you actually doing? Like, do you actually need to eat the stupid biscuits that they hand out on the plane? It really is kind of pathetic if you think about it. You sit back in your seat, you look around, they make the announcement, like, oh, service is gonna be coming. Everybody starts licking their fucking chops over these trash biscuits that they're gonna hand out. Like, have some self control, some self restraint. You don't need to eat the cookies that they're handing out on an airplane. It's Tell a, us how
0: you really feel about it, rant. <laughs> Bro,
2: it's so crazy. Anyway, but uh, if you're gonna pass out, obviously, if you have a medical condition, if your blood sugar is super low, and like, <laughs> obviously, do. What you need
0: to I do. love the way you had to caveat right. it. Oh,
1: um, yeah, because you know that the comments are going to be like, "But what if?" Yeah, yeah.
2: Dude, yeah. Just, don't even get me started on the coaches <laughs> eating during class discussion that just went off in the comments the other day on uh, NC Fit social media because we got these fucking Looney Tunes out here telling us that the only time. That they can eat. No, I'm, I'm ranting right now. Never mind.
0: Uh, oh, I dude. guess we're
2: so fired up that yeah. coaches think the only time they can eat is during class. But let's get back to the discussion. about <laughs> so, eating so Back on the roof. to the
0: hotel for a second. So, you know, um, Airbnb aside, because I've never really traveled. I, I, I never, out of all the years I've traveled, first off, Airbnb wasn't as popular, you know, until the last X amount of years. But also, um, typically, I, I'm, I'm at hotels, and when you're at hotels, you know, they might have a beautiful morning buffet. And then maybe you have some type of lunch, then you have some type of dinner, but typically you're going out. And so when I go out, I try and make smart decisions, but ultimately you don't really know exactly what is in your food, you know, in terms of like sauces and things like that. But I think you could try and make good decisions. So when you guys are at a hotel, let's just say for three, four, I mean, I've been in Asia for, you know, seven, 10, 12 days in different times. How do you guys stay on track in terms of looking at it? from a, and one of the things I liked about both you guys are saying is like looking at them as like real meals. You know, one of the challenges I've had too, is like when you're out and you just have like a little snack in the morning, then all of a sudden you find yourself having another little snack, another little snack versus like having like a full satiating solid meal. I could probably do a better job of that the next time I start traveling. Um, but what do you guys do in terms of if you are in a hotel and you don't have access to a kitchen, how does that look like?
1: So a a recent trip that I remember is when I went to Philadelphia for Wattify, Um, trip to Wattify. When, when was that? That was like last summer, I think. Um, And the hotel didn't have a kitchen, but it had a fridge. And once I checked in and realized that that was the case, I looked up the nearest Whole Foods. It was perfect because it was like a mile away. So I ended up walking there and got a good walk because I had some time and just bought like a bunch of stuff that would hold well in the fridge that I didn't need to heat up. I remember I bought, um, a rotisserie chicken, which I don't mind not having to warm up after the fact. I bought a couple avocados. I bought some cheese, I bought a bunch of fruit, um, and some nuts. And I had that stocked away in the fridge for the week because yes, obviously part of that trip was the understanding that we were eating out with the Wattify team and we did that, but I always had, again, protein to come back to and, you know, vegetables and fruit um, that were always in the hotel room that I could, I could rely on. So I think, you know, even without having even a microwave, there are definitely options to having something to come back to or something to have before going out to these, you know, dinners so that, you know, you don't get there and you're starving. You know, one thing that is uh, like, I know is an special weak point of mine is if we go eat out and they're giving you bread and butter before the meal comes oh, out, yeah. there's no holding me back, like zero. Yeah. I need to be as satiated as possible going into that to try and control myself from that. So that's one thing that I did. I tried to make sure that you know I wasn't going to the late dinner that we were going to after an entire day of work, absolutely famished, because then in the 30 minutes it takes from when you order your meal to when it comes out, it was gonna be you know, like catastrophe with the bread.
2: You know, one of the things that I'm I'm trying to uh, preach a little bit more on my own social media channel, and then follow for myself, obviously in my own habits and my routines. Even when I'm at home, is this idea of just keeping everything as simple as possible, not overcomplicating it. Looking at my foods in terms of, all right, I need X protein, I need X carb, I need X fat, and for me, there are certain types of foods within those three macronutrients that I'm going to select from, and if if they don't if they aren't available at the hotel and it's these more kind of complex options or non-optimal options, having an idea of like okay well where can I get my food from if I do need to eat quickly this morning, you know and one of them was for me I, I woke up in a lot of hotels during this road trips where they didn't have you know the the ideal buffet in the morning right they had just a cereal canister that rotates and you turn it down it pours out into your bowl I'm like no no I'm not going to eat that and we we don't have an option frosted to go to- flakes, baby. The frosted flakes are the best cereal of all time. But, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if we don't have time to go to the grocery store because we're taking off at five 30 in the morning, you know, leaving from Seguin, Texas, trying to drive to, uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, I'm going to stop at McDonald's at some point and not ideal, but I'm going to get an egg McMuffin. I'm going to ask them for no cheese. I'm going to have them put four eggs on that thing. And I'm just going to eat the cracked eggs that they have there. And that's, Not an ideal option, but it works for me. And instead of eating something where I'm going to regret it or I'm going to be like, well, why did I eat that later? I know that I have access to that nearly in any city in America at any time that I could go to and feel decent about the food that I ate. One thing that I think people get really wrapped up on, and I'm interested in your guys' opinions on this. I talk to a lot of people who who talk about the struggles of staying on their plan when they eat out at restaurants. Struggle hard. And I get it in terms of like, if you're thinking about weighing and measuring your food and like this needs to fit exactly into your plan. I actually think eating out in restaurants, if you have a little bit of discipline is super, super easy. Is it going to be exactly ideal? Probably not because they're going to cook with some stuff that you might not know. And you don't want to be that person where you say, Hey, can you cook mine separate in butter on the side and don't put any of the spray on it or whatever. But if you just look at the menu and go, Hey, there's this option for protein here. I'm going to try to get it as plain as possible. There's these options for sides over here. I'm going to ask them to put that on the side. Boom, you have your meal. You're ready to rock. And does it take an extra minute or so when you're ordering? Yes. Does the people at the table might look at you and go, hey, well, you know, what are you doing? Of course. But who the fuck cares? If, you, if you're out to eat, you can pretty much customize anything that you want to eat because you're paying for it. That's my opinion on it. I think it's two, two takeaways for me. Number
0: one is the refrigerator in the room. That's a really, and then I'll go back to the eating out Gabe, but, uh, MDV, but I think, um, I've, you know, when I travel, right. Um, when I would be competing, I would fill up the refrigerator, but outside of that, I never would, especially when I, when I, when I'm, uh, with my children, it has came to a point where like, people are just like, for lack of a better term, like really hungry. I won't want to say starving, but just really hungry. Right. And so therefore, boom, when we go downstairs, yes, the breads, the different things are just readily available. So we probably overeat there. And so I actually, that's a great takeaway for me is like, when I go into a new city, especially with my family, go to a local supermarket and grab some deli meats, grab some fruits, and we could just have those available in the hotel room um, I think that's a great option. So thanks for sharing that, Gabe. I mean, obviously I've I've thought about it, but I haven't actually put it into action. So
2: thanks for a reminder. And then
0: you, you can, can also,
2: tell- if yep. if you call ahead, you can request to have a mini refrigerator put into your room, even if your hotel doesn't come with one, because they have to honor certain medical Medicine. conditions and things like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's that's the. Yeah, that you're 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 spot on uh MDV. Um I remember at the CrossFit Games, uh, you know, any hotel would be out of their refrigerators because of a uh, uh like all the athletes would have all their foods and they want to be able to keep them. But anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. But um and the other note is when you go out, I, I think you're right, MDV. I mean, we probably put this idea of like going out on a pedestal in terms of how difficult it is, it does just require some discipline. And you know, I've eaten now so now I've been on EOE 40 now for like 31 days. 32 days. I've eaten out maybe, I don't know, not as much as I used to. So maybe like four times, five times, right. At the most. And the most difficult part was not ordering. That wasn't the hard because I try not to be that guy, right? I'm like, oh, just bring me some steak and some of this, whatever. It, it was, it was the fact that I couldn't, um, participate in everything else that everybody else is participating in and it required discipline. So for example, you get appetizers, and you see something come out, you're like, wow, it looks really good, but you're not participating in that. Or when the dessert comes out, you're not participating. So that that is the part that gets difficult, but the actual ordering part isn't that bad
2: um, at a, when you go out to eat. So that's something I've noticed as well. So thanks for sharing that. Well, Jay, I really appreciate that last point. And I think that, you know, we're talking about a specialized circumstance right now for the EOE 40 where you have this elevated level of compliance and discipline that we're trying to stick to for 40 days, right? Mm. I'm glad but we brought this were- up. What's up? I know where you're going with this. I'm glad we brought this up. Yeah. So if, let's say you're doing a challenge. Yeah. I want to encourage you guys to stick to the challenge as much as possible, but let's say you're in the normal course of your life and you're just following your more lifestyle type of pattern of eating and you're trying to stay disciplined and you're going to have life events that come your way. You're going to have your, you know, birthdays that are really meaningful. You're going to have occasions and you don't want to be that person who's always just like saying, no to everything because I'm on this special plan because then you're going to be the fucking fun sponge that nobody wants to hang out with. So, you know, you can have some discipline in terms of like, oh, well, most of the time I stick to my plan and I don't have those things. So on these occasions when the appetizers do come out or the dessert does come out, I'm going to have a portion of it that's reasonable. I'm not going to go fucking crazy, but you know, I will try something that looks cool or I will have a bit uh, of my daughter's birthday cake. So I'm not ruining the occasion by my own nutrition goals or whatever. You just have to have that that approach to it, I think, as well. That's important. Yeah. And that that kind of covers what I was going to say, which is, you know, I think it's
1: really different for me because we don't eat out much at all. You know, for us, we go out, you know, maybe once a month, twice a month. And when I do, like it's not that, and I think that this has changed actually over time. It isn't that it's like all out and I'm like eating until I'm uncomfortably full. But for me, I'm personally not really making decisions based off of what is the most plain version of this. Like I'm going out to really enjoy the experience. Like this is the time where I'm not in my house and I'm going to order what sounds most delicious and appealing to me. And I'm really going to enjoy that meal for what it is. And it's fine because I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to be right back to the routine that sets me up to put me in a position where I can do this once or twice a month and not really see anything change negatively. And I think that that's, really important for me because it makes those occasions really special and enjoyable and it doesn't become this like you know either i have to go in and limit myself in any way or leave the experience afterwards and feel bad like i misstepped in any way shape or form now if it's in the context of a challenge and doing something specific obviously that's different um but i think that you know if you truly can find an 80 20 or a 90 10 10 balance. And I think that you know those numbers get thrown around so much and it ends up not being 80-20 or 90-10 for most people. And that's where the problem is. But I think if you're truly able to be consistent 90 or even 80% of the time, we can all thoroughly enjoy 10 to 20% of that time with things that we enjoy. And I think that that's fine. And I don't think it's going to necessarily detract you from any specific goal that you might have. Actually, I think for most people, I think where most people, you know, fall short is because they try so hard to be so perfect for so long. And then the rubber band snaps and then you're like, man, that was so hard. And you go back to being like absolutely out of control for a period of time. You know, going back really quick to when we were traveling, We were really good, and we had the Airstream, so we had a fridge on us the whole time. So I think that that made it a little bit easier, even when we did have to stop, because we could literally, at the gas station, like, hop to the back of the Airstream, our fridge was working all the time, pull something out. If we needed to, we could even use the microwave really quick. So we did have that, and I think that that made it a lot easier, obviously. But the one thing that was like my thing that entire trip was we really enjoyed trying coffee shops, at all the different places we went to. And my go-to at a different coffee shop was to get, not last port coffee, they didn't have it there, but that's the way to go now, was to get a coffee and a scone, cause I love scones. And that's like Ooh. what I would get once a week at like in the different city we were at the coffee shop that we enjoyed the most. And I think that that allowed me to, every other time that we got coffee in the morning to like keep traveling, to not want a pastry every single time because I knew, Hey, on the weekend, when we're in the town, we're going to stay for the whole week. I'm really looking forward to going to the really nice coffee shop and getting the scone there and it's going to be great. And then during the week, I'm not going to do that because I know that that's what I do on the weekends. So I think that that's just an example of, you know, I, I have the time where I, that's my 10%, but the rest of the 90%, I have to be good because otherwise it spirals out of control.
0: Yeah. I, 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 yeah. What, by the way, what city do you have? Any city across the country that stands out with the best scone? Oh man, um,
1: the the spot that we went to in Golden, Colorado, was Ooh. awesome. There was this like really cool coffee shop, but it it like did all sorts of breakfast foods too, um, and it was just a really cool spot. Golden, Colorado, is
2: beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, Really cool spot.
0: I hey, um. Okay, yeah. Jason, keep going. No, I was just going to say, I I think obviously I want to acknowledge the fact that when I say I'm not participating in these, in these snacks and whatnot, it's because we're doing a 40 day effort over everything challenge that ends in like eight days. And I cannot, I'm very excited for it to (laughs) have its completion because I like participating in the appetizers and the dessert. And, uh, so, so just want to acknowledge that, that I'm not normally that guy, but I'm being that guy because, um, that was a commitment that we made. So I just
2: wanted to highlight that. Well, I appreciate that. I love that you're sticking to it so rigidly. You know, one of the things that I think I do, I do pretty good at this, but I think Gabe does it almost better than anybody who I've ever met or seen is that in terms of thinking about his nutrition and his habits and his fitness, he integrates it. And I'm speaking for Gabe for, for just a quick second here, integrates it as part of his lifestyle. This is who this guy is. It's part of the fabric of his being. So when, when we're talking about these things, I know that Gabe's not thinking about going on these trips and being like, "Oh, I had to stick to my diet. I got to stick to this like plan." And I, I frame it in a lot of the same ways for myself too. This is just who I am. This is what I do. I'm not necessarily getting wrapped up in like, um, "Oh, I have to. I only have to do this, 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 and this." Like, if you start framing these decisions for yourself in terms of like, "This is yes, the the the, the situation is different. I'm taking myself out of my normal habitat. And I'm putting myself into this different situation," but If you start thinking about it like, okay, I have this lifestyle that I follow and I'm going to make these decisions based on that lifestyle. It's a little bit easier than getting so wrapped up in like, oh, you know, this diet I have to follow. You know, I, I think people need to start thinking about fitness, health, and nutrition more as like part of who they are and less about these are the things that I only do for short periods of time and they, they waver with the seasons. When you do it like that, I think that you have a higher level of success when you get into these different circumstances. I hope that made sense yeah. because you know, in in talking through this stuff in the fitness discussion, I really want to have it because fitness on the road can be really 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 fucking difficult. So I think it's way harder than nutrition in a lot of ways. Is but it though? I think I think it is. I think it Is, is. it? See yeah.
0: see I would say it's so I'm glad you brought that up, MDV. So, fitness on the road—really, what we're talking about here is workouts on the road. That's pretty yep. much what we're talking about. And, um, you know, as a, uh, like we've said before, um, there was a time in my life where I was on an airplane once a week for like a very, very long time. So, I had to come up the routine of a fitness routine. And, 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 one of the things that I always had access to is the floor. And I remember specifically, I even did, and this is really, I'm, I'm actually, I'm this is the first time I'm saying this, uh. I was traveling overseas one time and I really needed to get out some energy because I was, I was, I had an eight hour flight, another eight hour flight and I had like a two hour layover. So I went into the shower compartment of the club because I happened to have access to it or whatever. And I did a workout in my shower room on the ground. And I still think back to like the person that was waiting for me. They must've waited 15, 20 minutes. Be be like, what the hell is this guy doing in there? I took a two second shower and a 20 minute workout on the floor. But, uh, Anyways, so I guess the fitness side of it for me, talking about like the holistic side, MDV, it makes me feel better. So I know like, for example, one time I landed in Dubai and as soon as I landed, I went into my hotel and I did a workout because I knew that was what was gonna set my mind right, get my body feeling good. And so I've actually found it to be easier to get in my fitness and my nutrition because I know how much, how well I feel after I'm complete. Finding the tools and resources oftentimes end up just being body weight And that that's
2: okay too, right? Yeah, I think in terms of um, when I say difficulty, you know, I think the decisions, at least for me personally, are harder to to make when if I have a super long flight and I haven't trained. Let's say I had a really early morning flight, and then I get in at five p.m. to my location, and like I said, you know, I probably haven't eaten a whole lot that day because I've been thinking about, you know, all right, I don't have access to ideal food. It's hard to get off the plane and then go do a 20 or 30 minute workout. I think that that's, that's difficult for me. Um, But like you, if I do make the decision that I know I'm going to feel best about, I often end up feeling really good after that. And when you're on the road, and I don't know if Gabe has thoughts on this too, if you're traveling for eight to 10 hours at a time in your car, you don't often have time during that span to stop and do extended workouts. Maybe you can do some sets of push-ups here and there. I did those at like gas stations. I'd find like a clean spot, do some air squats, just get some movement in, you know, keep my body just kind of feeling like a limber. So you're not sitting for 10 hours in a row. But in those situations where you are traveling for extended periods of time, either on a plane or in a car, you have to make the conscious decision to wake up super early and get it in, or you have to get it in late at night. And oftentimes, like, it's very easy to go. Ah, you know what? I'll do it later. I'll do it after my flight, and then you land or you get to your destination. You go. No, ah, yeah, you know tough. what? I'll do it in the morning. So that's kind of why it was more difficult for me. But try to as much as possible get them done.
1: Mm. Yeah, MDV, I uh, appreciate what you said before about you know nutrition and it being part of my lifestyle. I think that the one thing that I definitely want to note there though is that you know it's not, that doesn't happen overnight, and I think that you know it's actually been years and years since I really, I mean, I was always an athlete in that I like swam all my life growing up and, you know, was mostly interested in like fueling and performance because it's just what I did. I swam in college and it was a big part of who I was. Um, but you know, ever since really finding CrossFit and functional fitness and like joining this community of like, you know, like paleo and nutrition matters and so on and so forth, like, you know, it's going on almost 10 years now of 30 day challenges and cutting out gluten and cutting out dairy and trying vegan and trying this. And I think that every time that I've done something that's been very specific, I've been able to pull one thing out that like, Hey, that made enough of a difference that it's just going to be what I do now because I enjoy feeling good and I enjoy, you know, looking a certain way and I enjoy the energy that I have so on and so forth. So the one thing is that, you know, that that doesn't happen overnight, but it's definitely been nice to now get to the point where, like you said, it's almost non-negotiables, right? Like I'm not as tempted when I walk into the airport to grab a McDonald's sandwich before I get on the flight, because I just I I, I know that that's just not an option for me. But that doesn't happen overnight. And I think that's important to note um, on, on the fitness while traveling side. You know, it was interesting. My dad asked me a question the other day. Um, Cause I told him I was going to go work out. And he was like, you know, do you like have to work out for your job? And I was like, what do you mean? And he, w- it, it was an interesting question because he was asking, cause he knows that I go to the gym every single day, even if I go just to like stretch a little bit, cause I'm feeling a little beat up or whatever. And he was asking if like, because I work for NC fit, like a requirement is that we work out every day. And I thought it was a really interesting question because as I was thinking about how to answer him, I was like, Well, I mean, I guess, you know, kind of because like, you know, it's, it's, we're a fitness organization. It's a big part of like, you know, what we should be doing, but it really made me think of like, why is it that, you know, going to the gym or doing something is like, like has to get done. Like I, I, it doesn't, it's not even something I have to think about, like, am I going to work out today or not? Like, is there days where it's like, do I really want to like, do the workout I was planning to do. And I end up just moving around a little bit and getting something and sure, there are days like that. But to me, like going to the gym and working out is just like an absolute non-negotiable. And it was interesting thing that happened recently because it really made me think how, you know, fitness is this thing that, you know, just kind of has to happen. Like it's just, it's, you you brush your teeth every morning, you work out every day. And uh, some days that means just going for a walk, but it's, it's interesting how it becomes a part of who you are and what you need to do to
0: just be. Well, for, but that's for us, right? So for us, we feel that way, but not everybody feels that way. And I, 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 you know, and that's okay, right? Like, you know, my wife doesn't feel the same way about exercise as I do. She does it because she knows it's good for her health. And she kind of, for lack of a better term, not forces herself to do it, but knows that she needs to, and she does it. She doesn't really enjoy the experience. Whereas for me, I enjoy the byproduct of it. I enjoy the the, the kind of journey. So it's a little bit of a different mindset between myself and my wife and even between my two kids, Kaden he's down for whatever Ava, it's a little bit different for her. I got to find a different way to relate to her when it comes to activity. Um, one of the things I wanted to acknowledge when traveling, I think this is a, just a, something to think about MDV hit the nail on the head about getting up a little early. So something that my family and I do, anytime we know that we have a, a, a flight booked, 100%, we all motivate each other to get up, a, you know, 20 minutes earlier, go in the garage, do something super basic we, and we don't need to go crazy. Um, but what it does, it just kind of like makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're kind of winning the day, put points on the scoreboard already. Um, and, and finding a group of people that'll do it with you, I think is really important. So if you do have a trip coming up, it's going to be an early flight, find like a accountability partner and just do it with them and do something basic. You could take a towel from the, from the hotel. Let's just say you have a flight to come back home, Lay it on the floor, get in some pushups instead of some squats. Do it for 10 minutes and call it a day. You do a 10 minute EMOM, 10 minute AMRAP, do something. But it always makes me feel more accomplished when I get on that plane, I sit down and I knew that I already had some movement in. So something just to think about that we do at our house, we all get it rallied around it. We wake up 20, 30 minutes earlier. We go do something basic and we move on with the rest of our day. And if you're at a hotel and you don't wanna go down to the hotel gym, just do something in your room. Uh, you know, seven push-ups, seven squats, seven sit-ups. That's a go-to for me for 10 minutes.
2: You know, uh, one of the things that you know both you and and Gabe kind of highlighted here, and I, and I want to d- dig into this a little bit, is this idea of is it okay <clears throat> to not work out, um, to not move your body? And I, I guess you know, personal freedoms and d- personal decisions, uh, all that kind of stuff, obviously plays into this, but you know. I catch a lot of shade from people uh, in my friend circle and also my family circle who look at me and go, you know, working out every day, what are you doing? And they look at my choices that I make in terms of spending, whether it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes or a little bit more time sometimes at the gym or working on even going for a walk sometimes. Really? You're going for a walk today? Yeah, I'm going for a walk today. I think that it's a little strange to me that, you know, there's this Uh, perception that moving your body every day is abnormal. You know, and I, I think that, yes, there can be uh, going overboard with this and becoming too obsessed and having to control every aspect of your life and getting into this kind of neuroses where, you know, you have to be working out nonstop, nonstop. I'm talking about like craziness, but it it does seem strange to me that there's this kind of knee jerk reaction from a lot of people where you say, Hey, I, I work out. I move my body every day, and that's abnormal. And I I don't know whether or not that's a good thing or a a bad thing because, like, honestly, the state that we're in right now with, you know, our our health as a as a country, we are obviously doing things not the best. (laughs) And that's an understatement. We have a huge percentage of our population that is overweight. We have a very large percentage of our population that is obese, and that. Obviously, there's some other factors involved, like genetics and things like that. But a large portion of those things come down to lifestyle decisions, the foods that you're eating, the amounts of them, and the amount of activity that you're doing. And if the numbers were different, I'd be like, oh, maybe there's a compelling case that maybe we don't have to be as active. And maybe we don't have to make as good food decisions. But they're not, the numbers are fucking crazy. So is it okay to look at this life that we have and be like, Oh, I, I never have to move. I never have to do anything. And the people who do work out, you know, a little bit more are going overboard. I just, I wish movement was a little bit more normalized. And I think that that's it's important for me. I know it's important for a lot of these people who are maybe listening important for you guys, but um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just, it's hard for me that people look at my habits and go, oh, you're strange for doing that. I'm like, well, you're think, strange for not.
1: I think it's crazy, man. I think it's it's crazy that we even have to have this discussion. You know, things that pop into my head is like, you would never ask somebody like, oh, you watch TV every day? What are you doing? Like, oh, you open up Instagram every day? Like, what are you doing? Like, you watch the news every day? Like, what are you doing? Like, and And I would argue that those three things, again, like arguably are things that for a lot of people are actually detrimental to their health versus something like moving your body every day. It's, it's, there's no argument that that's good for you. And again, I I completely agree that it's not saying that you're going every single day to the gym and beating yourself up and you have this like, you know, almost exercise bulimia going on that you're like, you know, like that aside, just saying that every day I wanna do something to move my body, whether it's just a walk, the fact that that is strange is strange it's it's very strange and it's a problem. And I, I I completely agree. And I think that sometimes, you know, even for having this conversation, the way we're having now, you know, would be like maybe a little bit too harsh or whatever. But I mean, I think that, like you said, if you look at the numbers and where we are, I think we have to be a little harsh. I think we have to be a little blunt with the circumstances that we find ourselves in and, and, and kind of be very truth telling how we turn this around because I, I don't think it's strange at all, obviously you know, we're maybe a very unique subset of people. We are a unique subset of people. But isn't Basically. that, but isn't that the issue though? That's, isn't that is the, the, issue. Issue. That's the that's, issue. That's the issue. That's the issue.
2: hundred percent that's the issue.
0: But you got to meet people where they're at, you know, and I've learned since, I mean, dude, you know, I've been doing this a long time, just like you guys. And I remember when I was 15, I would be at the front desk. I'd be encouraging members to come in at the, at the gym. And ultimately what you found is that people come in for a little bit and they'd leave and it didn't become sticky. It didn't become something of their lifestyle. And I think that over the years, and I found my evolution. I went too hard in the paint and I pushed a lot of people away and I became too rigid too. why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this too preachy? And it pushed a lot of my family to not even want to talk about it. Now I just don't talk about it at all, you know, really at all because maybe I overcorrected, but I figure when they're ready, they can come find me. But I think that there needs to be a good conversation that happens in America where it's like, Hey, you know, it's not all or nothing. You don't have to go crazy and become a bodybuilder and have this expression or a CrossFitter or whatever it is. But you also shouldn't be doing anything, right? We need to meet people who are at and have a more healthy conversation about it. Cause I feel like it's a pretty, I feel like when it, when you talk about fitness, it gets a little toxic. Like people think they have to go all crazy. They don't have to go all crazy. They can just do walks. Like I told my mom, I I took a rower, I put it in her family room. And I was like, Mom, you know what they say? 10 minutes a day keeps the doctor away. Just 10 minutes on this thing. And, but you know, she's going to have to want that for herself, you know? And I think that, uh, I don't know. I wish more conversations like this occurred outside of like this fitness and health community, because I think that a lot of people would benefit from it if they just realize like, it's not that crazy. Just start off with even a 10 minute walk could make a huge difference in their fitness over time. But yeah. And tough. I'm sure
2: there's people who are listening to this who go, oh, you know, these three guys, they, you know, get to work out every day and, you know, it's, uh, they're, you know, blessed with whatever you have this access to all this equipment and blah, blah, blah. I think the core of my point here is more so along the lines of like, I just wish it was more generally accepted that people looked at moving their body as being normal and not getting all wrapped up in sitting down. And like Gabe said, like Gabe says, just, you know, zoning out and melting your brain in front of Netflix or putting on VR goggles and going into the metaverse and doing a fucking workout. How about you go outside and take a walk? Like, you know, that, that to me, I think is weird. And this ex- whole extension into VR and the metaverse really, really scares me. And it scares me a lot for this reason is that it's, it's another step away from just basic human behaviors of being outside of moving your body of interacting with other people of creating real relationships. And yes, you're going to create relationships online and stuff like this, but you're going to do it. I watched this video of this guy and it was on this Instagram channel that was like promoting the metaverse and promoting like, uh, this guy's awesome. Um, you know, whatever he was doing, he's like a real estate agent in the metaverse. He's sitting in this like shitty apartment that is, he's got his goggles on. It's a fucking mess all around him. And they're talking about how awesome this guy is. And I was like, yeah, I'm just getting a little glimpse, but like, it, it's really scary for me. Really, really scary.
0: Metaverse. Um, hey guys, so we have a call coming up uh, to discuss f- f- with NC Fit. So I want to make sure we wrap up this conversation. I think that this was a good conversation on nutrition, a lot of nutrition and fitness while on the road. And I think obviously normalizing fitness and nutrition, I think needs to occur, especially on the fitness side. I think the nutrition side there's a little bit more nuance. But when it comes to movement, that should be pretty normalized. I don't, I don't think that's a big, you know, leap in the, in, in the wrong direction. I don't think anybody would really argue that I do want to talk about blood work that I got back. So I took my blood work like a week ago. I, I got back the results, talked to a doctor about it yesterday. Interesting. Um, you know, obviously talk more about that on the next show. Um, but any final thoughts on, on, uh, on this particular topic, just a quick little snippet for people to think about when they're on the road next time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I know I get all fired up about, you know, the, the metaverse stuff, <laughs> yeah, and the metaverse and all that stuff, but, um, You know, if you're thinking about these types of things and you're on the road or even in your own life and the the things that you have access to on a daily basis, what works for me is simplicity, you know, making sure that I have simple food options that I know that I can go to, that I enjoy, that I can prepare quickly, that are going to help me stick to the type of lifestyle that I want to adhere to. And then not getting too complicated with my fitness. If I'm on the road, especially. Really, really simple body weight type of workouts, maybe utilizing the treadmill that's in the uh, hotel gym, maybe if there's a set of dumbbells, but not thinking about crazy types of weird formats, even just doing the same workout over the course, same two or three workouts over the course of a number of days. If that's over the short term, you're going to be fine. You're still moving. You're still getting that stuff in. doesn't have to be complicated.
1: No, I mean, I, I, I love that. I'll... Just piggyback off the fact that simplicity and starting somewhere is so powerful. You know, a 1% change in how much movement you're doing or your nutrition can lead to a 2% change, a 3% change, and that stuff compounds over time. So I think that, you know, just starting somewhere and not, you know, thinking that you have to start with high intensity workouts five times a week for it to even count or be perfect about your nutrition for it to even make a difference you know changing one meal a week to something that you feel a little bit better about can go such a long
0: way 100 percent. well guys it was great catching up uh as per usual make sure you guys check out our previous shows leave us a rating leave us a review let's keep getting after it and i'll talk to you guys in just a few minutes let's go <laughs>